0: Welcome to the Intentional Encourager Podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now, here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome to the Intentional Encourager Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you so much for joining us again today. And we have another rock star guest. Now, here's the thing, full disclosure. This is the only thing that we don't agree on. This man is a lifelong Los Angeles Dodgers fan. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan. If you are a baseball fan and you study the history of the game, his favorite team and my favorite team in the 1970s were arch rivals. Of course, Major League Baseball had to kill that. But it's the one thing that we don't agree on. The one thing we don't agree on. Otherwise, we're good. It is my honor to welcome best-selling author, podcast host, sales improvement coach, business promoter, public speaker. Uh, man, what else can I do to bring you in any more properly?
1: <laughs> dude, come on. Zach, Larry dude.
0: Levine, the What's author of on, Selling man? from the Heart. Well, listen, I've got to try to, you know, I've got to try to oversell this. You know, I'm, oh, I, I'm hey, listen, me, hey, listen I'm not selling from the heart. I'm reaching from the rear here to, to plug <laughs> to, to promote this. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. So, do you know what? I always love our
1: conversation. So, you're an amazing guy. Thank you.
0: Well, tell that the, you know, the, make sure we get that in writing. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that take that audio clip and put it on my wife's phone so that <laughs> that she hears that. Hey Larry, thanks for joining me today. It's good to have you. Did you ever think when you started out in your career that you would be a best selling author? Did you think that that if you could have crystal balled your life? That you could have foreseen what's happened to you in the last several years since you did the book Selling from the Heart. I mean, how how crazy is it where you're at now as opposed to, as opposed to where you were? You, you know, it's a, it's really interesting because I'll, I'll just shoot straight on this.
1: No, the answer is no. I, I there's no way I could have dreamed of, you know, if I if I had to rewrite my life again. I couldn't even have dreamt or even written the story about what I've walked through the last four and a half years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, i I spent my whole entire career in one sales channel. So I grew up in the office technology channel. It was the only sales channel. I sold copier software document management my whole entire life in Los Angeles. And never in a million years did I ever say, Hey, I'd love to be a best-selling author. I did make my wife one promise though when we got married that I would write a book. Mm-hmm. by the time I was 50 years old and it, and it happened shortly thereafter. But it was just to kind of, it was to write a book, to say I wrote a book and it was going to be about the crazy world of sales, totally mm-hmm. polar opposite from what really happened to me. But there, there's, there's absolutely no
0: way that you and I would be even having this conversation five years ago. Yeah. Well, and that tells you the power of not only a story, but the power of the platforms that we now have to tell the stories, right? Because when I got into sales in July of 1995, I remember this, Larry, shortly thereafter, I got a cell phone in my car and I thought I was God's gift. I was 23 years old. I thought I was God's gift. And now look at the ways we have to reach people. When you think about what your story does to reach people, how how crazy is it to you that now all of a sudden we're talking, you're in Los Angeles, I'm in Barbersville, West Virginia, and you've done this a bunch of times. You've talked to people all over the world and shared your message of selling from the heart.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I started my career slightly before you. So my sales career started in right in the beginning of 1988. I graduated college the fall, winter of 1987. Mm-hmm. And went right into sales. Yep. And um, so now I'm going to date myself, Sexton. So I remember my first cell phone. I got my first mobile phone in 1988. Yeah. And I know exactly how much I spent for it. It was almost $5,000. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I had an antenna stuck on my window and the phone mounted in my car. So now I've just absolutely dated myself.
0: Well, I can remember. Here's the thing, man. I remember the first TV show that I saw with a a guy had a a phone in his car. Do you remember the show Vegas? There was a guy named Robert Urich that played a guy named Dan Tanna, and he was a private investigator. And Dan Tanna was rolling through the streets of Vegas with a car phone. It's like, okay, if they could have pulled that off in 1979 or 1980. How come it took us 15 years for us to become Dan Tana? Uh, it's it, it <laughs> true, true. But I, but I want to
1: I, I want to go back to that to you know th- this whole thing because you, you you keyed in on some things about you know messaging and words yeah. and so forth. So one of the very first books I ever read that had a significant impact to me was good old Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. And there's a couple key things I took out of that book. And that was even in the eighties when I read the book. Now written that, that book was written, what, 1937, something like that. And it's about building relationships and changing the way people think. So I cut my teeth in sales before the internet, before computers and all that. So the way I built relationships was I had to leverage the phone and face to face. And that was it. Yeah, if I couldn't do any of that, then I wasn't going to be very successful in sales, nor was anybody else. Yep. So if we, fa- if we fast forward to today, right, 2020, we're still building relationships and changing the way people think. We have a lot more tools to do that. But here's the kicker on it. I'm a massive, massive believer that words matter and message matters, and it's how you deliver it. Well, back then, the way that we told our story, the way we got our message out there was on the phone or face to face. Yeah, that's right. That's how you influenced decision makers. If you're in sales, that's how you influence people if you're out in the marketplace.
0: Mm -hmm. No, you're 100% right, you're 100% right.
1: Yeah, so today, right, I always say this, Everybody's got a story to tell. It's up to you how effectively you tell your story. Yep. And now we have platforms to do that on that didn't exist. And I'm not here, you know, Brian to say, this is how you use one or the other. People can use yeah. any platform, however they see fit. It's that age old saying you put into it, you know, what you get out of it, right? Whatever you put yep. into this thing, you're going to get out. I just, I walk a really fine line and driving my message out there. I, I do it because I want my story to be told in a way that helps people understand a who they are and how to do their job better.
0: Well, and Larry, it's funny you mention that because when I was managing salespeople, I would tell my 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 guys and gals that I managed. I said, "Listen, anything you say can and will be used against you." You know the old Miranda rights. You know people used to think that that only applied to when you got arrested, but but it but the truth in that is. And the reason those Miranda rights exist is because it's it's an age-old axiom. Whatever you say, can and will be used against you. Because if you say to a customer, I can save you 15%, and then when they buy from you, you build that trust, you build that rapport, you get them over the goal line to, to that buying decision that works out in your favor and they get that invoice, and the savings is five and a half percent. Now, all of a sudden, we have a problem, right? We have a credibility problem because what we said didn't line up with what we did. Correct. So that's what I always told my, you know, communication is intentional, right? You, you, You think about what you say most of the time. Well, except for me, I you know, sometimes you just never know. But, but most of the time you're intentional with that thought, especially in sales, and you want to communicate it because you really want it to resonate. When you think about what you've done with selling from the heart, and you think about the intention that you wrote the book with, is there an unintended benefit that came from it that was kind of one of those moments like, man, I didn't mean to do this, but it, a, a really good benefit came from it oh wow um
1: i'm gonna take i'm gonna take what you said and i'm gonna pull this thing back a little bit because you know me uh, to a certain degree right we're building a really good friendship but i'm gonna pull back the covers on this because i had no idea when i was writing selling from the heart brian what was going to happen i had no idea i just wanted to I have this way that, and it's what goes on inside my head is I want to push the buttons on things to get people to think. Yeah. I, I don't do it to disrespect people. I don't do it to point fingers at people or anything of that nature. I do what I do because I care about the world of sales. Yep. And I also do it because when I was writing this, uh, I have some really – I'm a, I'm a firm believer in this, that we all have skeletons. We all got ghosts in the closet.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: No question. We all, we, all, we all do. I wrote this for a lot of reasons. The main reason why I wrote this was to show my father that I've arrived as a professional. For one simple reason is I, my parents are both still alive. Yeah. Uh, I have a really very dysfunctional relationship with my father. I wish it was a whole lot better than it was. Yeah. I've come to yeah. grips with it. I've come to peace with it internally. And I wrote selling from the heart. I'm pushing the buttons on relationships and sales because it's through – the intentions that I built with my clients, the love that I built for my clients, the relationships that I built, how much I showed that I cared about my clients—I got back in return the same thing that I wish I would have gotten back from my father. Yeah. And I'm pu- and I'm pushing the button on this, Brian, in a way that's saying, you know what? Business is personal. I had no idea when I was going to write when when Selling from the Heart came out. I didn't know what it was going to do. Right. I had no yeah. expectations. Yeah. I wrote the book in the style that I felt needed to be said and needed to be heard out there. Yeah, and, and that's why that's why I wrote it. Well, push comes to shove, the book's done amazingly well, beyond my wildest dreams. There's a, I'm, I'm building a movement because I'm willing to get vulnerable. I'm willing to open up the closet. I'm willing to throw myself out there and say, you know what? I'm not perfect, and neither are you. Yep. Yeah. Well, and and Larry, I'm intentional yeah. with it. And I just, yeah. and I have no problem saying anything.
0: Well, and, and again, you and I come from that from a different perspective. When, when I worked with my dad, the last 10 months of his life, I had, a I had the same attitude, but I had, and, and at that time, I had 17 years of sales experience. I had sold in, when I joined my dad in selling in his company that that he worked for I was going into my third different industry and I, I wanted to show my dad like, hey look um, you're not the only sexton that can get can move product here you know you you know here here comes it, it's kind of like Larry it's kind of like the young gun that comes into the league um, and, and I'm kind of thinking about basketball here for just a second okay. you guys you guys in the last couple of years have had the guy in LeBron James who's now a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. That, that the comparisons have always been, who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Who's better? And everybody wants to, to throw that debate out there. And LeBron's the younger guy comes into the league and is doing his thing. Michael is is what many people consider the GOAT. And, and obviously as a competitor, you want to prove yourself. That was the way I felt in the last 10 months of working with my dad. I wanted to show, and I even told my mom, I said, I want to show dad how good I am. I want him to see it up close and personal, not just hear me talk about it, but see it up close and personal. For me, it was a different kind of personal challenge, and, and it, was, it was that way. I want to step back to that for some, something you said there a minute ago. Business is personal, because so many people think that we've got to put process over people we've got to put process over product and things like that when you were diving in and you were really putting selling from the heart together, what was the most personal thing that you want that that you said i've got to add this even if it hurts me to write it or even if i've got because you mentioned vulnerability, but what was the most personal thing that you put into selling from the heart uh, there there wasn't really. There really wasn't anything that
1: was massively personal. I mean, there's personable stories, there's personal stories in there, and things like that. I had I I didn't go as deep as I wanted to. So just sneak peek. Yeah, I mean, soon there will be a selling from the heart too, and it's going to get really deep, really deep. But there there is a I mean, pr- I would say probably the first three chapters of selling from the heart is what i went deep on in a different way so and and what i mean deep is i spend a lot of time on me Mm -hmm. i'm my own worst critic i'm my own worst enemy i think a lot of people could probably relate to that yeah no Um, question the mental gymnastics that go on inside my head are probably far greater than in most Mm -hmm. and i went pretty deep in the first three chapters because I spend a lot of time working on me Mm -hmm. and I don't see a lot of people out there spending enough time working on themselves. Yeah. And, and, and I say this and and I'll use these analogies, whether that be, you know, routine maintenance to a house, routine maintenance to a car, Mm -hmm. routine maintenance, you know, going to the doctor or something like that, stuff like that. And I, and I think you understand where I'm going with this, Brian, but we don't do enough, self-help, self-awareness, self-care, self-love on ourselves. So that's why I, I wrote the book the way I did and went deep the first three, four chapters selling from the heart to get people to think inward about themselves yeah, as yeah. most think outward about everything else, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, w- I want people to think about who they are and what they bring to the table. So you know, when I write the next, you know, the next go around on selling from the heart, it, it's you know there'll be some deep stuff coming out of this. And I and I say this because there's nobody that's there's nobody's perfect. We all have baggage. And as I start telling my story and I start talking to sales leaders and sales professionals and sales teams, I tell my secrets. Yep. I tell deep, dark secrets, and I go first. Yeah. And when that happens, when they see how vulnerable I get, they open up. And that's what I want people to understand when they read Selling from the Heart. It's going to take you on a journey. It's going to take you on a journey of uncovering who you are. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to start talking about servant leadership. And then we're just going to go
0: on, on the, the tough, non non-negotiable things you have to do as a sales professional. Well, anytime that you work on yourself, Larry, it's gonna cost you something. You talked about routine maintenance on a car, routine maintenance on a house, or going to the doctor. That's gonna cost you time and money. So anytime that you work on yourself to any degree, it's gonna cost you something. The problem is that most people don't wanna spend the effort because they know it's going to cost them something and, and in that routine maintenance the doctor or the contractor or somebody's gonna find something that needs to be fixed that, that they weren't aware of and, and so that's hardest to do for us because when you when, when I think of selling the the correlation is is, Selling to me is all about connection, because if I can't get the connection right, if I can't get that right with a customer, how am I going to get the product right? How am I going to get the delivery right? How am I going to get the other things right if I can't connect to that and, and what's important to that customer?
1: Yeah, no. So you, 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 you bring, I want to key in on one word that you said, and you said connection. Yep. And I'm big on that. I, that that's oh, dude, what I no, value. Oh no, same, same here. But but here's where I'd like to take this one step farther. Okay. Is how well are people truly connecting, Brian? And and so that's just that. I mean, I'm i I'm a I'm a sales geek, right? I'm a sales yeah. nerd. I love all aspects of sales. It's the only profession that I know. And in order to truly connect. I'm going to use, you know, the word out of your podcast. You got to be intentional behind it. Yep. You have to truly care. You got to be truly, truly intentional with why you're there. You're there to serve. You're there to help. And most people, right? Most salespeople out there, and people aren't going to like to hear this, but most salespeople will keep that at a surface level. Yep. They try to, right. you know, they, they dress themselves up. They dress the questions up. They're canned questions. They're robotic in nature. Well, in addition to that, tell me more, Brian. Oh, yeah, that's good. You're right. And all that. You see where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. We yeah. all got to stop that. If you truly want to know what's going on with somebody, you rip back the covers and you get to their heart as fast as possible. Yeah. Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to go, Larry, you're a whack job, right? I don't have to do that. Well, great. Yeah, you don't have to do that. But I promise you this, if you don't, that person on the other end is going to hold back information that's critical yep. in that decision and whether they do business with you or not.
0: Yep. Larry, when I was working on my book, People Buy From People That Will Be Out in July, I, I was recalling instances and for me, you talk about that human connection, that one-to-one. I was recalling times when I walked into a I had a route that I, that, I, that I sold on week in, week out. I saw the same people two, three times a week. And so you really build connections there. And if you don't build connections in a route selling um, standpoint, you're never going to build them because you see those people, you know, the same, like the old saying, same bat time, yeah. same bat channel and 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 i what was what was for me recalling those times when i walked into a customer and they have, they had just lost their son in arizona who had who had had passed away suddenly or the customer that that their business burned to the ground from a fire the night before or you walk in and the customer's going, I got some bad news today yeah. because we talk about all the good things that we share with customers. And we, I, I saw babies born, I went to weddings, I, you know, I did stuff like that in sales, but the hardest, the, the times that, that really jut out to me was how was I in those moments when that customer's world was falling apart? Because then at that point, we put the product aside. We put the sales call aside. At least I did. I wasn't there to sell at that moment. I was just, Hey, Brian to customer. I'm so sorry. What can I do? Can I pray with you? Can I, cause at that moment, you don't know what else to do, but just be a human, right? Yeah. But, um, and here's, what's interesting.
1: If you really look at, if I look back at, at at all the relationships that I developed in sales and they were pretty rock solid. Yeah. Here's, the, here's the one thing that I knew from that is when I had to break bad news to any one of my clients, it really wasn't that bad. No, no, you're and, right. And, 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 and why I'm saying this is most, or maybe I should say many instead of most, there's many salespeople out there that are going to refrain from having to break any bad news to a client. Mm -hmm. Or a customer, depending on how they view them, right? Because I go, "Uh uh-oh, right? What's Brian going to think if I can't deliver on this or something happened and so forth? If you build rock solid, rock solid human connections, meaningful, credible relationships with your clients, And you dig in and you're telling deep, dark secrets and you're getting, and I'm not saying deep, dark secrets, like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm crossing an HR line here. No. Right. But that's what I did. I dug in deep. Yeah. I dug in deep with my clients. And then when I had to share things that maybe weren't pleasant, Or I couldn't deliver on exactly what I said I could. It wasn't that bad because of the effort and the time and the discipline and the consistency I put into building that relationship.
0: Yeah. And you know what, Larry, I'm glad you brought that up because there are times that we have gotten so stupidly politically correct in this country that we have taken the human connection out of it because we're afraid, oh, I've got to be politically correct. I wanted to be honest with my customers, be brutally honest at times with my customers. Because where I sell, and, in my, and, and by the way, you have to know your area you're selling in. I'll share this with you. It reminds me, the, the, the selling, I, I took a, a, a position, I took a sales position with a mature territory with the second largest, a division of the second largest food service distributor in the United States. And, and the guy that hired me was a longtime friend of my family. He was kind of keeping an eye on me and, and you know, get let's get Brian a couple years experience, then we'll bring him into our company. And so I was taking over a mature territory. But the caveat was I had to move my wife and I 50 miles away. My wife had never moved from where we are now. And we had to move. It was the best thing that happened to me because those people, once I moved up there, I became one of them in air quotes. And to this day, when i see people like that, they still refer to me as one of them because I had, now you have to know, I think you have to know where you're selling to know what you can and can't do with those connections. You know, some people are more outward with expressing emotions. Some customers like to hug, you know, they like, they, they feel like if that, that human touch is what they need to create that connection. In some areas, it's very hands-off. It's very, you know, we're going to do things by the book. So when you talk about connection today, what's the one piece that people need to always keep in mind about connection with customers? Uh, two things, heart
1: and boundaries. Yep. Every Everybody, now th- this, is, this is, again, this is how my brain works, but we all have beating heart. We all have boundaries. Yep. And the reason why, and it's so funny because everyone goes, Larry, you know, you cross the line sometimes, right? I could tell you cross the line. I said, No. I never crossed the line because it's just I always have the saying it's me being me. Yeah, that's right. It, 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 I I don't see anything wrong with it. And here's where I'm gonna challenge. I'm gonna challenge your listeners. I'm gonna challenge everybody out there on this one, because I'm going to go back to business as personal for a moment. Okay. And and I'm going to take that statement. And then I'm going to also go to that person who, because you described this person a little bit ago, maybe it's that person who's a little bit standoffish, right? It's that, you know, it's one of your clients, you just can't, you can't quite put your finger on it. You know, we've all been there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But When I say business is personal, it's this. In your personal relationships, whether you're married or you're dating, you got a significant other, you show people how much you love them. You show how much you care about them. You show how much you appreciate them. You show respect. You build trust. You have open conversation. Right? Right. And you're deliberate about it. And if you don't, then obviously I'll get into arguments, and that's why the divorce rates—the divorce rate, yeah. amongst other yeah. things. So if we take—and I took that same philosophy. Well, if we can do that in our personal life, then you can do that in your professional life.
0: No question. And no I re- question.
1: And, and Brian and I removed the barrier. And. To, to deal with that, you know, that person who sits there with their arms folded in a meeting, I, the, you know, you're going, you're walking into a meeting, that guy or gal doesn't open up to any sales for people. Never happens. Yep. I yep. bet you they do. You get to their heart. You talk about things and you can see the sparkle in their eye. You can see the body language move. And that's why I say, you know, and I've hashtagged it out a bunch of times, speed to heart the faster you get to somebody's heart is going to win.
0: Yep. And then you just right. create
1: boundaries around it.
0: Well, and, and it's it's funny because sometimes you will, and, and I, I put this in, in my book as well, you can find something if you look around an office or where somebody normally, that customer normally spends their time professionally, you can find something in their surrounding that gets right to their heart. You can, yeah. you, you know, you could find, let's say they got an autographed baseball. Let's say they've got a, a, uh, uh, let's say they've got a Fernando Valenzuela autographed baseball. They just happen to be a Dodger fan. And you see that thing in the corner of their desk. You don't think if you point that out to them, that it's not going to get right to their heart and get to their emotions, because that's something that they're they're passionate about. They they love it. You you can see a bookshelf behind me of books of people that I care about. Yeah. Right? And and so I love what you said there, speed to the heart. It's just
1: here, here's what this is what drives me crazy. It's all the naysayers out there that will throw a cloud over relationships don't matter. Right relationships totally don't agree I, totally agree. I, I, i'm i so there i will say this there is some truth to that there is some truth to relationships don't matter i don't have a relationship with where i get gas i don't have a relationship with the person at amazon i don't yep. have a relationship with the person at the grocery store and things like that and i'm keeping it simple and it's a little bit silly but I think you're going to understand. But now let's move this upstream. The farther you go upstream in sales, the farther you go into enterprise sales, high ticket B2B, and things like that where companies are shelling out hard earned corporate dollars. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't believe relationships matter, you're going to struggle being as successful as you can be in those types of fields because connections matter. There's different people involved in all these things. And I always say this, the stronger I built relationships with people, the better things happened.
0: Yep. Yep. Because Larry, in those settings that you're just talking about right there, when you get to those high ticket items, the person that's the decision maker there wants to get that off their plate as quick as they can. They want to get to a solution ASAP because they want to be able to, if they've got somebody above them, they want to establish more credibility because they they need to say, hey, uh, I'm going to pick up the phone and call Larry. I know Larry's going to take care of me. I'll have this problem solved in an hour, or I'll have this problem solved in two hours. So to your point there, relationships matter more than ever, because now we've got so many more ways to connect. If you want to get a hold of me, you can call me. You, we can Zoom like we're doing right now for this podcast. There are so many different ways to, to connect. But yet, Larry, we're missing the boat on what really matters in connection. We've got all these different technologies, and nobody knows how to get straight to the heart. Yeah, and it's so, so I, I,
1: I love throwing this question out. I throw it out all the time because we're talking about relationships. Yep. Then if relationships matter to people, right? Because most of the time, if you say, do relationships matter with your clients, of course, they're going to say yes, Brian. Then do me a favor, define the relationship. Mm -hmm. What's the relationship look like? Yep. And I'll even take it one step farther. And and, and it's just, I, I say these things to get people to think. If your client relationships matter, how often do you see your clients? how often are you communicating with your clients yep in in my world brian you can't effectively build a relationship with your clients if you see them two or three times a year yep that doesn't constitute a relationship not in my book Mm -hmm. sure doesn't but now if we take what we have today in all the different ways to communicate stay top top of mind and you know get to the heart with our customers. We have 20 different ways, right? And I right. you know, I we could probably even count more to stay top of mind and connect with our customers. That's how you build relationships. You cannot and I'll take this one to the bank. You cannot build a relationship with your clients when you see them two or three times a year and you don't communicate and do nothing in between.
0: Yep, that's not a
1: relationship.
0: Well, you're just you're just calling or connecting with them just to just to connect. And and I had a, a sales manager really early in my career that gave me one of the best pieces of advice. He said, Brian, you always have a reason to stop by. You always have a reason to connect. Don't ever stop by. Don't ever call them on the phone and just say, Hey, I just wanted to see how you were doing today. I no, I didn't want anything. I just you know. Oh, Always dude, Sexton, have a reason
1: to connect. Oh, uh, I mean, that's nails on the chalkboard when I hear sales reps, you know, going in and saying, hey, I was just in the neighborhood. I was calling, you know, just stopping by to check in. Yeah. Forget it. So I, I got to share something. I got to share something with you, though, because you're a sports guy. I'm a sports guy. Yep. So, um, and I'm going to give a shout out to somebody. Go and, ahead. Gonna, and so forth. Your so. time,
0: man. So, it's yeah, your
1: it's podcast. Did. Go ahead.
0: No, dude, it's your podcast. No. I'm going for the
1: ride, Sexton. Let's so, see. Um, I've become friends with a gal named Marty Schneider. Marty Schneider has become near and dear to me. Marty Schneider's grandfather was Leonard Toast.
0: Yeah, the the, Leonard Tose Tose Eagle, the
1: the former owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, so Leonard Toast was the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles and then sold. And um, I've enjoyed building my friendship with Marty. She's been on the Selling from the Heart podcast. I was fortunate enough to write a chapter in my good friend Scott McGregor's book, Standing O, which the proceeds went to her charity. So we became friends. She came on the podcast. She started talking about her grandfather. And then she started to drop what Leonard Toast, she called him, you know, grandpa-isms, right? It's what her grandpa used to say. So he had this saying in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room. And it was up on the wall. It was in his office and it was in the locker room, you know, pictures with Dick Vermeil and all that. And he said this, if you fail to invest, you can never collect. Yep. And he was referring to how Dick Vermeil and all, and all these guys built relationships inside the Philadelphia Eagles locker room. So let's take that same quote and let's apply that to sales. And I'm going to throw a little twist on this. For all the sales leaders, sales professionals, sales reps, however you want to call yourself, if you fail to invest in the relationships with your clients, if you fail to deposit in the emotional bank account of your clients, you will never, ever, ever be able to collect on the fruits that that relationship will give you if you don't invest.
0: Yep, and I'm going to piggyback off that because I love what you just said there and I have told this to to friends, family, colleagues, there is a vast difference between value and appreciation because I hear so many times people say, oh, I appreciate you or your customer. You say, oh, thank you. I appreciate doing business with you. If your house was burning down, Larry, I bet you that you knew you could name off the top of your head, and and I can't five things if you had 10 minutes and you knew you could get your family out and you could grab five things out of your house you'd grab the five most valuable things you had because you can't replace them yeah they're they're priceless and that's the thing that that I believe that, that we need to start doing with more of our relationships. And that's why I named the podcast what I did, The Intentional Encourager, because I believe in intentional encouragement. I just don't want to text you and go, hey, man, just thinking about you. Uh, hope you're well. Have a nice day. I, I want to have something specific for you and intentional. And, and I, I think one thing that that we don't do enough of, Larry, is we don't, call the customer by name. And I'll, I'll share a quick story with you. I was I was working for a company. I was talking to the president of the company and I reported to to this individual for the last three months I was there. I had a conversation and after that conversation, I, I said to myself, I gotta get out of here. I called the president of the company and she was a, a lady by her first name throughout the conversation. And she said to me at one point, she said, Brian, if you say my name again, I'm going to scream. And I said, I got to get out of here because she does not value personal relationships. Because uh, you mentioned Carnegie a, a little bit ago, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie said the sweetest sound to a person's ear is the sound of their own name. And that's how we personally connect. That's how we show our heart. If I go, hey, man, or hey, you, I can be talking about anybody. But, but the fact that I call you by name makes it personal. I got to ask you something, speaking to the personal, what's the biggest obstacle? And maybe it was worth writing the book or from your selling career. What was the biggest obstacle that you overcame in your career and how'd you overcome it? Um, getting fired
1: at 50 years old for my very first job. Yeah. And I, you know, we, 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 all, we have all been dealt things that are difficult. I was riffed out of a high paying corporate sales job at 50 years old. Now, I could have, did I cry? Absolutely. First time ever. First time ever it's happened. Even in high school, when I had oddball jobs in high yep, school, yep. I was never fired. I always quit on my own. No, I, I was actually riffed at 50. And I cried all the way home. I had to tell my wife I cried. It took me a couple days of just crying to pick myself up. And I go, okay, now what do I do? Now what do I do? I go, I could have went back and been a VP of sales right back in the sales channel that I grew up in. But my wife said, you know what? You're going to be bored in six months. I can guarantee you will. Maybe it's time for you to do something else. Yep. And sure enough, the next day I made one
0: phone call and that phone call was to Daryl Amy. Your partner and, in the selling from and, the heart podcast.
1: My part, my co-host in the selling from the heart podcast. He, he knew me really well. And all I asked from Daryl is, Hey, you know what? This is what happened. And I was tapping his network. Yep. You know, can you help me out? Can you bridge a couple introductions? Can you put in a good word for me and all that after that? we parted ways. The next day he calls me on the phone. He says, Larry, he goes, I've slept on this. This is what I think you need to do. You need to go out and teach the sales world what you did as a sales professional, because I have never seen somebody do what you did in the Los Angeles marketplace, one of the most competitive markets there is in the United States. You sold copiers in one of the most competitive markets. You built a genuine, authentic, real, raw brand, face-to-face and online. I've never seen anybody do what you've done. you got to go coach salespeople on that. And I flipped the switch, and at 50, 51 years old, I did five 360s took a couple steps backwards to get forward where I'm at today and I rebuilt and I retransformed and I reconnected with who I was and thus selling from the heart
0: was born and sometimes it's hard to reconnect with who you are because you know the the definition of insanity Larry is doing what you've always done and getting what you've always got and most of us are comfortable with a routine when when you look at that person you're sitting across the table and and, and they're looking at you going, what else do I do now? I I have tried what I thought worked. What else do I do now? When you look at that person across the table from you, or you're talking to them on the phone, or you FaceTime or Zoom, you know, in that initial conversation, what are you looking to leave them with? I I just
1: I just want I, I I'm I'm relentlessly curious, and I really want to understand. You know. What are they going through? What's going on? I like I'm I share a ton of stories mm-hmm. to get people to break down and start to become open and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you know, everybody can get better, everybody can improve, everybody can can, can go in a different direction than they're at. Sometimes it's just a little kickstart. Sometimes I'm going to play off your podcast. Sometimes it's just that intentional encouragement to give somebody the intentional listening. You give of your heart, something yep. like that. A lot of times people just need to be heard and just ask the questions. You know what, Brian, I'm here for you. If all you need is for me to listen and you just want to vent, go ahead. I'm here yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Gets- and then whatever happens, happens. I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer in this yeah non scripted conversations matter well that's and why we, the,
0: yeah that's why we do the that the, here's literally here here is literally the questions i had written down for you i have zero questions written down for you because to me i'm the same way the best conversations and the best interviews that i've done over the years have been totally organic they've been unscripted all right we're gonna do something i've never done on the intentional encourager podcast and my man larry levine we're 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 gonna we're going to we're gonna do something i'm let's play word association i'm gonna give you a word tell me the first thing that comes to your mind all right sales love price non-existent customer everything process discipline encouragement always I love it man that was that was easy you didn't have to think about it and maybe I just kind of laid it on a tee for you maybe it's like it's like like Clayton Kershaw just soft tossing (laughs) you batting practice That's how it was right there. Oh, dude, was. that was good. Hey, by the way, by the way, I have a book title. I have a title for your second book selling from the heart Two, unclogging the arteries. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, I can't use that. Cause you're going to want something for it. No, Sexton, I know. no, no. Listen, man, just a, a firm handshake and a pat on the back. That's <laughs> all I require. Hey, let's, let's finish this. This is fun. We could do four hours, but you know, I can't talk that long and I'd run out. of. I I've, I usually run out of intelligent things to say by this point in the podcast anyway. So I got to ask you this, somebody listening out there, Larry, and they've enjoyed our conversation as much as we have. And they say, Larry, what's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for me? What, what, what piece of encouragement would you give the audience out there that's listening to this podcast? Um, I, I I would say this,
1: get to know who you really are. Spend every day, and I'm saying this, spend every single day when you wake up in the morning, reflect. Get to know who you are. Capture the morning. Capture your heart capture who you are get reacquainted with who you are spend 30 minutes become intentional behind it because this, if you don't know who you are you just wander out there in life and, and I'm not saying not you know this isn't pointed at everybody I know this cuz I went through it it took me it took me to get my butt kicked at 50 years old to really figure out what this was all about. I capture the first 45 minutes every single day, seven days a week, and I work on me for 45 minutes in complete darkness on my mind. So I would say this, there's one piece, spend the time every single day to get reacquainted with who you are, become intentional with it, and good things will happen from it.
0: Man, I love it. What a great way to end. I could say something halfway decently brilliant, but nothing would would top that. Larry Levine, you are the best. Tell people how yeah. they can get connected with you on all your very – I mean, you got like 800 different platforms out there to <laughs> get connected. I mean, good oh, grief. Oh, always come on. ABC, come on, always be con- – oh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, how, how, can, no. how, can, how can folks get in touch with you out there in uh, – in the social media world well you could i mean you can find
1: uh you can find a lot of what i do on the selling from the heart podcast you can go to selling from the heart.net you can find everything you want to know about selling from the heart on there selling from the heart.net the podcast is there it's on all podcast apps including now iheart and Podbean. believe it or not sexton and then you can find me. You made
0: iHeart, man. That's, that's big yeah. time. That's yeah. Big so time. then,
1: uh, you can, then you can find the book on Amazon. You can find the audible out there. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: You've got an Instagram account. I sure do. Man. Oh man. I, I, I cringe when, 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 cause I, I will be 48 in August. And, and I am not on Instagram because I, I think to myself at some point some little creepy eighteen year old kid's gonna find me and I'm gonna be like their the, the creepy old man in the room. So I, I will tell you this. We I mean not that I'm you. not not that I'm not
1: already getting there, you know, no, but I, but I, but I will tell you this though. I mean, we don't have enough time to go through it, but you and I can talk offline about this one. There's a time and a place for each social platform, and I'm going to use your word. I'm intentional with each one of those platforms.
0: Love it. Love it. Larry Levine, you're the best, man. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Love it, man. You're a good dude. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Mead. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place, can be an intention.